Hey listeners, welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We're here today and we're going to talk about The Last of Us that is streaming on HBO Max. Now, with this episode, a little bit different uh, due to just life <laughs> in general, the way it is. Uh, Rob and I were not able to do uh, a recap for episode six. Rob was actually hopefully having the best time ever um, on vacation (laughs) with his family, minus one hiccup that I heard about, (laughs) minus one little thing that I heard about. But uh, what we're going to do is we are going to take about 30 minutes to talk about episode six and episode seven in this episode. So if you're looking to just get our thoughts on this newest episode that just came out, episode seven, well, then you'd skip about 30, 35 minutes into this after we kind of introduce everything here. But, you know, Rob, before we get into that and before we get into the giveaway that we have, um, welcome back from vacation. Uh, You and I have talked a little bit, but it's it's good to be back doing this and we're not going to escape this guy because, you know, it's in what, two days, the Mandalorian. So (laughs) it's it's all Pascal all the time. Yeah, it's uh, the first, you know, quarter of 23 is all going to be just Pedro Pascal. And I've seen this great meme floating around that um, at some point in the next five years, all great TV shows will just be Pedro Pascal escorting a magic child on a a great journey. And uh, frankly, I'm here for it. So go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, as long as it's the, the quality of what we've gotten so far. Yeah, let's. You know, let's let's do it. Um, he has ha- to send his agent like a nice bonus for getting him booked on things like Game of Thrones, Mandalorian, and now this. Like, I mean, Wonder Woman 1984, notwithstanding, like, man, that guy just cannot seem to miss lately. Yeah. And I, I mean, just a quick thought on that. I mean, based on how Wonder Woman was, you would have thought the second one with everybody coming back would have been a slam dunk. Like, and yet wasn't. Yeah. Every, every indication should have been okay but that's neither here nor there so, <laughs> exactly so i, I don't i don't want to rain down on the guy so to speak because I, I i'd rather give him praise for the things that we're watching now so before we get into talking about episode six of the last of us which was titled the ties that bind uh we want to talk about a giveaway for another star who is everywhere right now and our giveaway uh we were able to give away digital copies of this movie which was great and now we're able to give away physical copies and that movie is called devotion which is now on blu-ray and the reason i say this star is everywhere is because it stars jonathan majors and glenn powell in an epic and inspirational story based on true events of two heroic U.S. fighter pilots whose sacrifices made them the Navy's most celebrated wigmen. You can buy it on Blu-ray now, which is packed with bonuses, and it's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. But, you know, Jonathan Majors, Creed Three, you know, Quantumania, he's going to be the big bad of this huge phase of Marvel. Um, you know, that's another guy that seems to... Even if the movie didn't do as great, you know, Ant-Man had a a pretty steep drop. It's now the biggest drop in Marvel history from week one to week two in terms of box office. Uh, This guy is is knocking out performances, no pun intended, for his upcoming role in Creed three, which I hear he's amazing in as well. 
So yeah, very talented actor, and there's a lot of um, a lot of insiders that have kind of uh, kind of s- sort of selected him as as their next um, you know it guy that uh, mm-hmm. we could expect to see a lot more of in the future. Yep, and so check out our show notes. You will find out how you can win one of those copies that we're going to be giving away. I want to th- thank Map360 for providing us with those and allowing us to give back to the listeners, which we're so appreciative for. So, you know, let's let's roll into appreciation, Rob, because damn, do I appreciate this show. And <laughs> it, it, it just it's the gift that keeps on giving. And with episode six, like we said, you know, titled uh, Ken, uh, or I'm sorry, the ties that bind. Oh, no, you read the right. It's oh, Ken. it is Ken. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of two different things here. Um, boy, what an emotional episode where, you know, not only do we get the emotion of Joel and Ellie, but we get the emotion of seeing, and this is how this hit me, a society. And that was something that was really profound to me. It really moved me was actually watching these people kind of, you know, live in peace, so to speak, and have all of these necessities or things that, you know, like in, in our life right now are just commonplace, but that they've been able to build and do. And a lot of that was just, it was really moving for me. Um, you know, and then getting into some of the individual performances and some of the individual, you know, issues that were faced. Um, but there was a real feel good, you know, moment in this for me. Yeah. Not only do we see a society, we see a functioning society because you could technically call what Fedra had built behind the QZ as a society. I mean, that it is, it's a group of people surviving together. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it, you know, it probably functions for those at the top, which is how all authoritarian sort of societies function best is those at the top do well and everybody else gets what's left over. But seeing something function, it, we really don't get a ton of time behind their walls, so Mm-mm. to speak, to kind of see where there might be kind of cracks or, or you know, areas that, that's not not everybody's quite happy with how it all works. But it, it was kind of uplifting they're they're making this work these people have found a way to do it and there's there's a possibility for happiness to exist there i'll tell you what really jumped out to me about this why is this show so heartbreaking and hysterical at the same time i mean you you think about what we saw at the end of five and it reminds you at the end of five like the, the beginning of episode six starts with the end of episode five with with henry killing himself and that's what it starts with Mm -hmm. and yet there's there's this dichotomy there's this yin and this yang of this series it's horrible and amazing it's terrifying and beautiful like the music in this is so well done some of the some of just the cinematography is is visually beautiful and then you have these fungal zombies that come out and rip people apart and it, it it's this crazy dichotomy that I love about this show. Yeah. I mean, the theme from the game and the opening of this movie, you know, this show is literally in my music playlist. Like 
Yeah. It, 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 it's part of a rotation. Um, that's how good it is. And yeah, Rob, you're just, you know, in a way that's not really used to being successful, this show is like a roller coaster. It, it, it is things that we've talked about in other movies or things like that, or other shows where there's just, there's too many different tones and they don't know how to fit it together. And, and it just gives you a whiplash. This is not that show. This knows when to go from scary to intimidating to funny to sad back to funny and everything in between. And it just, it hits you every, like it just hits every single time. And, you know, this episode had some just crucial moments. And again, it, it, it drags you into the breakdown of Joel's character. And when I say the breakdown, meaning again, his layers, um, because again, you know, we're talking about we're watching this show for the person who has no clue about the game. You know, that's how we're talking about these episodes is what are we looking at for the first time? And there's there's a scene where, you know, after Joel finds Tommy, which we're going to we're going to backtrack to. Um, and he's talking about Ellie needing to go with Joel and they have that discussion. There is absolutely, there is a moment where Ellie says, do you care about me or not? And he, there is no hesitation in him anymore. He just like, he doesn't even almost let her finish her sentence. And he says, of course I do. And that is a major turning point right there because, you know, we just saw an episode ago, two episodes ago, you know, he, he makes it a point to tell her you're not family, um, your cargo, but I promised. Um, but in that app, you know, in that moment, there was no hesitation for him. Almost like he got caught and he, he just, he answered truthfully in a way that he almost didn't want to. Um, and I just, I love that moment. Now it's, quick like it's almost easy to forget about because of what happens after and rob you can go into that if you want to but that's just one of those little moments that i loved where you're seeing joel be a human being so to speak you're seeing him kind of deal with what he's largely walled off a lot of Mm -hmm. his emotions up to this point Yes, he cared for Tess. Yes, he had friendships with with Frank. Um, you know, he had he had those things, but those emotions, those kinds of relationships, are different than caring for and being responsible for the safety of a child. Those are those are very separate things. And he finds himself in a situation now where it's not. It's not that he looks at her the same way he looked at his daughter, Sarah. Those are, those are different things. Different things. Very different things. And, and their relationship throughout the games and, and throughout the show as well, has it, it's hard to pin it down because it's not a father-daughter thing. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of, of types of relationships. It's kind of that at times it's father-daughter, at times he's the cool uncle, at times he's maybe an older brother figure at times kind of a, a 
you know, maybe a cool guidance counselor figure, you know, there's, <laughs> there's like all of these different sort of relationships that it, it's not any one thing. And I think that's part of why the game's story is so successful is because that relationship isn't easily pinned down to just one thing and one thing only it's multiple complex. things. Multiple people could relate to it. Yes. There's, there's layers to this that make it compelling. You want to see, more of it and that and their story is what drives us along and we kind of think of joel as kind of being our our main protagonist that's driving all this because he's who you play as for the bulk of the game um and at this point pedro pascal is a little bit bigger of a star but i really want to point out how incredible bella ramsey has been throughout this entire series the girl is killing it and only only gets better and we, 100%. And if you think about some of the important things that we were discussing as far as just the fluctuations in the show, it really, it, it revolves around her because it's not that Joel's been one note so right. far because he hasn't been, but he's been fairly steady where Ellie's the one that we see the biggest fluctuations with. And, you know, just the the joy, the wonder, the humor is almost all driven by her. And the serious moments are driven by needing to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. And and she's really the crux of this. With without an actress who's got the chops that we're seeing from Bella Ramsey, this show wouldn't be as successful as it is. Uh, so I want to take a minute and just recognize, damn. That girl is good. And I I just I think that she's gonna have an amazing, amazing career ahead of her. Um, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, because the thing is, is it she's not just good with Pedro. She's right. good with everybody that she's on screen with. Like every like everybody. She just does not miss a beat at all. And it's, she really is like, she is incredible. I am so impressed with her. Um, in, in every episode that we've seen, and I was only more impressed when, you know, later we talk about episode seven. Um, I'm even more impressed with her than I was the week prior. Um, but you know, their, their conversation was really powerful. Their, you know, and then just the way that the next day, um, you know, Joel says, I, I, I don't think you should, but I also think you should have a choice. And she doesn't even respond. She just throws the bag at him. Like, I'm like, I'm going with you. You know, she said it the night before when they talked, the truth is I would just be more scared going with somebody else. Like, it's just how it is right now. Um, you know, their, their relationship is so well done, but I really did, you know, again, I I loved, I just loved the, the display when he finds Tommy. I thought that scene was great. I thought the way they played the scene when, you know, they're talking in the barn together, uh, that was really powerful too. Um, I'll tell you what was, what stood out to me. It, it immediately leaped out. 
he very specifically, when he asks about Tess, Joel tells multiple lies to his mm. brother. Yep. And what was really, really thought provoking to me was he has this incredibly emotional reaction to seeing his brother again when he wasn't sure if he was alive or dead or anything. They have this great embrace and it's very emotional. So you, you have a belief about this relationship. And then when they have their first private conversation, he, he doesn't speak up about Tess. He, he lies about that. Cause he's, you know, how she don't know she's fine. Well, no, she's dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Died in a terrible way, saving you and saving Ellie for this important mission. And he lies about, you know, anything to do with Ellie lies about so many things until eventually he does tell the truth later after they have this like major breakdown. It makes you wonder all of these other things that happened prior. Like, how does that happen at the same time? And it's Mm. and and a lesser show that would seem out of place. It would seem like it doesn't work. It would seem like it's a tension for the sake of tension based on lazy screenwriting as opposed to there's something else there. Um, not that the show has to necessarily spell it out for you, but it's, you're given enough that your brain starts kind of trying to fill in the, the gaps and the details. And you're like, Oh, give me more, give me more, please. I want more. I want more. Give me something, you know? Yeah. And you know, that scene that you described where, you know, Joel does break down and start saying things, my God, that was, you know, again, just what a performance talking about how, you know, he's not going to be able to protect Ellie Tommy needs to be the one that takes her. That was just, man, that that was just so well done. Um, You know, the one thing that I, I think I would have maybe wanted more, but again, you you know, you never know how it would be. Um, And maybe that's why I liked it so much. That opening scene where they're in the cabin talking to that couple That was like, that's, you know, that's one of those things where part of it was funny. Part of it was scary. um, And just, you know, such a great way to open, you know, to open that episode. And I just, I love the interaction when the husband goes, did you tell him the truth? Yep. Are you telling me the truth? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I just, I, I love that. And I almost wanted a little more of that banter, but again, that might be why it works so well is because, you know, this, this show has gained so much trust that it, you know, th- they probably knew that that was the right amount that we needed. The first 20 minutes of this particular, this, that week's episode, you know, episode six, Ken, the first 20 minutes are really witty and funny. And we as an audience needed that after watching you know, episode five, like we kind of needed that. And it was amazing as this show knows how to do that. It knows. And you almost, you almost don't want things to go well because you know, as soon as things start going well, the other shoe is going to drop at some point. And I just, I said this, I think probably week one on our recap of the very first one, I said, just be prepared to feel all of the feels mm-hmm. by the time we get to the end of this and week after week, um, you just, it's, it's kind of like 
like you're playing D and D and you've got the, the 20 sided dice and each die just each, each piece of that die has a different emotion on it. You just throw it and it's like, okay, that's what I'm going to feel now. Like, yep. And then you roll it again. Okay. We're going to do this one next. And all right, we're going to, we're going to roll this one next. Um, it's really amazing how they just continue to do that and, and do it effectively. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, just uh, just talk, you know, a little bit more here about the relationship. Um, it, you know, this is when they decide that they're going to go together. You know, we get more of a breakdown from from Joel as he starts to, you know, tell Ellie what his life was, you know, what he used to do. He tells her about how he's a contractor um, and just you know, even these very still, you know, quiet moments, just they hold so much impact um, to the viewer. And it was, a you know, it was just such a funny thing um, that I, I was, uh, geez, what was it? Was it Sunday? Yeah. Uh, Sunday before this episode came out, I was actually at a work function. Um and Rob, you know, I, I didn't tell you this story, but a couple of a coworkers, we were talking about things and we're talking about movies because, you know, I, I have new coworkers and they were asking me about, you know, the podcast and things like that. Uh, and we talked about how we're reviewing this show. And I we made the reference because the one guy said, I, you know, I don't understand how this show is so good. And Halo sucked. Like, like literally, you know, literally that's what he said. Um, and I, I said exactly what we talked about Rob in our reviews where I said, well, the thing is, is I don't know who they made halo for because it's certainly not for us. It's not, you know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for the fans of the game. I said, Halo, what we discussed was Halo was made for the girlfriend that's walking by the television that wants to spend time with her boyfriend or her husband or whatever and says, oh, what is that? And the funniest thing happened because uh, his name was Dan. His girlfriend happened to be there because you could have a plus one at this party. And she goes, that's exactly what I did. She (laughs) she goes, it's funny. I sat down, said, what is this? I liked it. I can't stand the game. She goes, but this show right here, it like I can. And she goes, I cannot stop watching this. Like this, this show is everything that I wanted, but it also makes me want to play the game. Like, because I, I want to see the translation and she, like she literally went out and bought both games because she wanted to play it. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but this is making me want to go back and replay the first game again. And I'm not somebody who has time to go back and redo things I've already done once before. And just to kind of you're, you're talking about the difference in adaptions and, and it's hard not to compare this to Halo, which is the most recent attempt that uh, streaming services have made to adapt a video game to a TV show. It's hard not to make that comparison, particularly because we reviewed it around this time last year. Mm hmm. And and I think the real difference to me is that Halo, the story was never really the strong part of that game series. Like I've played through it a bunch of times and I'm not even sure I could accurately tell you the entire plot of 
pretty much like the third game on because it kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense at times, um, particularly like five. That one got kind of weird with the story. Yep. Um, but that's not why you play it. You play it because the gunplay is tight. The weapons are fun. The vehicles are fun. Multiplayer used to be awesome. The multiplayer was great at the time. The music is unbelievable um, among the best video game music ever. The Last of Us as a game was effective because it was an effective game. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it it's hallowed and the reason why I had it as my number one game of all time when we did our top 100 video game series, actually about this time last year, too, yeah. <laughs> was the story. It was it was the story of Joel and Ellie, and it only gets better, by the way, from here on out. Um, and and that's and that's what I wanted them to do with this. And that's what they're focusing on. They're not focusing on nonstop fungal zombie attacks. They're not focusing on it to this point so far raiders or wastelanders or anything like that that's not the focus i you know you mentioned it earlier but i matt i could literally watch a show of just joel and ellie hanging out mm-hmm. like give me that as a whole series because they're fantastic you were talking about how when they get back on the road and she's asking him how he was a contractor and things like that those conversations are just played so they're written so well and performed so well that you could just give me an entire episode of them traveling and I'm in, I'll watch it. I don't need any zombies. I don't need any guns. I don't need any of that. Like I don't need any explosions or cave-ins. Just give me a whole episode of that with those two performers. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I just, I mean, what can, you know, what can you say that this episode is, is filled with just, it's so much. And then you get to the end of it and again, you just, you sit there and the thing again, that is so, as this episode is closing out as they're making their journey, Joel and Ellie is Rob, you and I play the game. We've mentioned that several times. Why am I ner- like? Why am I nervous for Joel's well being? Like, right. why? Why am I upset? Why? Like, like yeah. it, there's there's almost no reason to be in a literal sense. But I, I could not help when when it's shown that scene, and again, that is a different change from the game the way that happens, but it all works again. Every, every change that they have made or add on is again in, in the category of remarkable because it, it never takes away. It just enhances what we know. Um, yeah, I think the change from him falling on like a piece of rebar, I think, or something like that to actually getting stabbed with the, you know, the, the, the end of a bat, um, and she drags him to an abandoned home instead of like a, a piece of a mall, I think is where he was in the game. All, like none of those changes like really matter. It's not like you're no. changing anything fundamental about it. And even at that, it's still really effective what they chose to do and how they chose to do it. Um, and, and even, even, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but even the way that they tell the story 
taking the timeline of the DLC for Left Behind and building that into the timeline of the episode the same way didn't have to be done that way. No, they didn't need to do that. Like so many things, like they've done some shot for shot remakes of some of the cutscenes from the game. Nobody needed that. I didn't need that. And it was just, and I think what that shows is just the original game was so incredibly well done. It was lightning in a bottle that if you just have, talented people adapting what you already have to work with to the small screen. It can be just as gold in, in that medium as the original source content was for its medium. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, this episode ends on that note where Joel is injured. Um, I'm, you know, sitting there just nervous about what's going to happen. Um, and and just what what an episode this was again i we're we're six episodes in and i i find myself almost going well okay where's the fall off like wh- like where's the part that makes me go okay like it's kind of brought back down to reality it it didn't happen in episode 6 for me um now did it happen in episode seven? We'll find out in a little bit, but you know, Rob, I'll let you finish up with any final thoughts on, uh, on this episode. So I caught two things of foreshadowing that I think uh, I'll just point out quickly, just two little Easter eggs, I guess. And then one oh. other final thought, um, they have a conversation about NASA where Ellie was talking about her interest in all the astronauts and things like that, that anybody who's played the second game, you'll kind of know why that might be a neat little foreshadowed Easter egg of something maybe to come that I hope they do. Um, one of my favorite moments in gaming comes from the second game and it's not even an action scene at all. There's, there's, there's no guns or anything. It's just, it's just them hanging out and doing something. So look for that uh, possibly in season two. I thought that was a cool uh, moment for that. I, that I picked up on. And I think a lot of other people have already picked up on this, but when they're in kind of the mess hall, in Jackson, um, there's a girl that's kind of watching Ellie and sort of runs away. Um, it's pretty much like, I don't want to say it's like a, an Easter egg because everybody kind of caught it too, but it's widely believed that that's the character that eventually becomes her girlfriend in the second game. And we would likely see her in season two. So those were, those are two Easter eggs kind of that I caught. I really, my final kind of thought on this before we, we get some popcorn here. I think there was some really profound ideas that this episode explored on the concept of loss. Hmm. Joel has lost in a way no one ever should. No one should ever have to experience the type of loss that he has had to experience and still be around for God's sakes. Like, and he's still, yep. Now Ellie has also lost, but in different ways from Joel, but to her point, it's not possible for her to have lost any more than she did. She's mm-hmm. lost everything she could possibly lose almost except for him. And, and to try to compare his experience with loss to her experience of loss, that's just not a fair comparison. It's, you can't really do that. That, that math doesn't work out to a, an equation you can solve for. Yeah. Cause I, I think in a way too, it's based on the fact that like, you know, for Joel, not only has he, you know, he's lost people, 
you know, until they found this new settlement that they're not even going to stay at, for God's sakes, you know, Joel has lost an entire way of life in his time. A piece of his humanity, too. Yeah. You know, I I mean, not that again, it's, you know, this is what Ellie knows as a degree. And, you know, it's, it's great to see her have that giddiness about certain things that were the old world, so to speak. But yeah, Joel's lost an entire way of life and he's had to make some really hard adaptations that you should never have to make. Yeah. And I thought that there was a really profound just comment on the nature of loss that each of them had experienced and that it's different for each of them. And and neither of them can really relate to the other's experience with it. And each of them feel that they've lost as much as they could lose. Just really profound kind of hit me towards the, you know, when they're having that argument with one another. And I think it's really one of the more profound themes uh, of the game and of this series. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a really great point. Um, you know, and, <laughs> you know, they think they've lost everything that they can, but we'll see. So, but all right, uh, I'm going to grab some popcorn and we're going to go into popcorn time and we're going to review this episode and listeners. If you've been with us since the beginning of this, this is not pre-recorded. This is the same score. This is another five buckets for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not just inserting uh, another <laughs> the same audio, but call me a broken record. This is five buckets. Everything about this episode um, it is delivered top notch. What else can I say? Uh, ditto. Five buckets. I mean, what... There's there's not been a single thing this entire series that has been ineffective or hasn't worked yet. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, seriously. How how did they do that? I'm mystified Uh, easily. Five buckets out of five. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So we're going to transition from episode six. And we're going to go into episode seven, which Rob, you just got to kind of, you know, you, you watch these relatively close because you didn't get to watch six during its initial release last Sunday. Correct. That is correct. I kind of had every intention of doing it. I didn't think I'd be able to stay away from it, but um, man, I, I, vastly underestimated uh how much time would be involved uh on vacation and doing all the stuff that we had planned and things like that and how tired i was going to be so i stayed as far away from the internet as i possibly could um which i I think especially social media which is probably a good idea in most in most things uh just stay away from that so i could be spoiler free and uh was finally able to to catch up with it it'd been for like grabbing at me like i really wanted to get to it i really wanted to get to it um so yeah in one way it's like a bummer that i had to wait that whole week but in another way it's like oh i i watched this episode now i get another one all right yep so i'm gonna let you as we as we talk about episode seven i'm gonna let you start it because you mentioned a a point here just a, a minute ago you know this is not part of the normal, you know, video game people know what this is, but 
what we get in this is what the game considers DLC. So, you know, talk about that, how this kind of goes in the game, so to speak. And and what are your thoughts on the fact that we got it here and how they incorporated it? So DLC, also known as downloadable content for our listeners who are not gamers, um, it can it can range from just like a stupid skin for your gun where it's like an anime kitty uh, all the way up to branching additional paths for the story. And I would point to so the, the DLC that's available for the, the first uh, Last of Us game is called Left Behind, which is the name of this episode. And they just adapted that whole piece of content really for for this. In a lot of cases, DLC can be a lot of fun because it's it plays the same as the main game. But to me, what I always like is it feels like it's a shorter, smaller, more contained sort of story. It's not as big. It doesn't take as long. You can level up your stuff a lot faster. Uh, they usually try to give you like an extra piece of of gameplay or, or a different, you know, a different way that they flip it a little mm-hmm. bit. So it just adds another layer. Um, and you play as Ellie, where up to this point, you've been Joel the whole time and playing as Ellie during this period. Uh, you typically don't play the DLC before you actually finish the game. So it kind of goes back a little bit to when this happens. And it tells a really, really compelling story. And you see a little bit of what goes on with Ellie. I would say of all of the DLC that's out there for add on to the, the main story, I have this as probably my favorite and it's really close to, uh, and again, I talked about this with our video game recap, the DLC freedom cry for Assassin's Creed black flag, where you play as out and your primary mission is to free slaves in Haiti. Uh, that had a very profound effect on me, uh, but this one did too. And I would say that if you're a fan of the game, there's absolutely no reason not to get that. And I'm pretty sure if you rebuy part one at this point, this is already included and it's always it's always built into the game of the year editions. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason you come across a copy of the game that uh, does not have the DLC included, uh, just buy it because I would say it's it's integral. It's essential. You really you really owe it to yourself to see the story that they tell and to see a lot more of Ellie's story. Uh, I it's it's fantastic. And I'll tell you, when when we started getting uh, previews of this show and we started seeing little clips and video and things like that, you know, Matt, you and I have a text thread going uh, with our friend Harrison where we're just literally freaking out about this. It's just it looked amazing. They gave us a clip with the merry-go-round and I knew they were going to adapt that story. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because. I was I would say that was maybe one of the episodes I was going to be looking forward to the most because I found I felt like that story was going to be maybe the one of the most impactful stories they were going to tell. And largely, um, I think they nailed it. Largely, I think they nailed it. Yeah, there's you know, there are just absolute like we've talked about before, shot for shot. Comparisons between the DLC and this, and you know, you just talked about her, but again, you know, this is another range um, for Bella Ramsey and, you know, her portrayal of Ellie and just seeing her like fully wide eyed in this experience of the mall um, is unbelievable. And again, we talked about how, you know, she doesn't have a bad scene with anybody and, and, that still is true here. 
you know, the chemistry in this episode I thought was incredible. Um, and I love the way as they, as we get to the climax of this episode, I, I love how real it feels and how different, you know, each person is trying to defend themselves. I thought that was just so incredibly well done, but again, it's just, you know, it, it, it hits you so hard that you see this in, in one, not one moment, but you see for a little while here, just how they almost forget about everything else that's going on. You know, and they're in the mall and their kids on a carousel and they're sneaking some booze. And then this thing just says, oh, you're feeling pretty good. I just sucker punched you in the gut. <laughs> and when you bent over, I came with a knee to the face like it, it yep. just it knows, you know, it knocked you down. And then it just says, now stay there and think about it. like it's just it's unbelievable how this thing you know you you, the guy hands you the ice cream cone and then you drop it like it's oh yeah there's um there were some cool moments that they were able to adapt specifically the merry-go-round and the photo booth so there was um when you download the DLC or log into it for the first time, it gives you the option. If you want to, you can uh, put in like your Facebook credentials. And when you get to the photo booth, the, the girls are like mystified about what social media is because they don't know anything about it. So in the game, they have the opportunity to uh, take these pictures and it uploads it right to your Facebook feed. Um, and uh, I, I can remember that happening and I can remember having different friends that had already played through it, um, put sad reactions on my on the post <laughs> that came up. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Because I, 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 I didn't play it all the way through it in one sitting. Oh, then you, then you figure it out, right? Like you, you get to the end and you go, oh, OK, now I see why those sad reactions were coming up on there. Uh, but little things like that. Um, are they necessary? Did we need them to do the photo booth? Did we need them to include all of the details they included. No, we didn't need that, but they did. And they did it so incredibly well. I I just was blown away by the effectiveness of it. And I think what they did for the, the show, even better than the game, I think the, the relationship that exists between Ellie and Riley, you see, you see the the hint that both of them wanted to be more than just they're obviously best friends. There's there's care for each other in that way. And I think both of them understand that they want something else out of it, but maybe don't necessarily clearly define it to themselves yet. You know, again, because we talked about this a little bit with in episode three, being able to come to terms with just saying you know, in her head for them to each admit I am a homosexual or I have homosexual uh, attractions is not always an easy thing. And then you risk maybe losing your best friend if that feeling is not reciprocated. I felt like the way that they told that story, at least to me, read Mm-hmm. And I thought it was incredibly effective. I, I don't, maybe, maybe other people didn't read it that way or, or felt like it wasn't done well that way. But to me, I saw all of those layers 
and just the way they that Riley took her by the hand and led her, and just the way that Ellie would lay, leave her gaze hang just a little bit longer. Well, even um, the camera when she grabs her hand, just the way the camera, you know, for a moment just shows their hands. You know, like all of that stuff. Yes, I it just sorry. Don't mean to like cut you off. Like, it's just so well done. Like you said, the little glances, everything like, yeah, it's it, yeah. C- continue. But then when you get to the point where. Ellie realizes, OK, you're you're actually like a terrorist, like you're planning on doing things like this could. All of the they they each have competing motives and or, or competing interests and i think sometimes the th- kinds of things that that make conflict not work or when the individual characters motives they're they're having conflicts with each other but somebody doesn't feel genuine or it doesn't feel real or it feels forced that one person feels a certain way and maybe they only are they're only written to feel a certain way because they need to introduce conflict into a scene but at no point do i ever believe that either girls intentions in in those conflict scenes are are anything other than what they truly would believe for the reasons they believe them Mm -hmm. does that does that kind of do you follow me on that yeah absolutely um i I totally do and the the other thing that i love about this episode and the way that it intercut with the present is it really shows to me you know the reason this is such a smart decision the way that they did it here is it does show you and you brought this up and I don't know if you meant to transition as we were going it does it shows you part of Ellie's loss and you know when she's first like she just tells Joel like I'm not going to repeat the actual line but she tells he's like you have to go you have to continue and she's like shut the f- up Joel like it's just I love the way that it it goes from the present to showing her and kind of, you know, basically how she started the journey of where we see her um, and the loss that she's experienced. And how does that really feel to her, though? You know, for for someone her age in this kind of world, you know, to sit there and, you know, you just brought it out, you know, have those feelings towards another person and having those feelings towards a person of an, you know, of another sex and, you know, do I care for this person? Do I not, you know, maybe, you know, at that age, she's, you know, like, what are these feelings? Everything like that. Um, I I just thought it was such a, it made so much sense why they decided to place this here. I thought, I, I thought it perfectly flowed from going from the present to showing the past and then just kind of veering back in there towards the end um you know where we currently are in the in the story yeah and when you think about ellie is is a pretty tough kid right she's had to deal with yeah she's had to deal with a lot she's been abandoned at every turn i don't remember i mean they say she's an orphan but i don't know if it's ever discussed clearly what actually happened to her parents I, if they do i don't I'm, I'm not remembering it right off the top of my head Mm-mm, i don't either I, yeah i it's not it's just not coming right to the top of my head maybe if there is something a listener can email us and and, and let us know but what's it what i kind of took away from this particular experience so 
you know, she's got that, uh, the, the corporal or the sergeant or whatever it is, the guidance counselor sort of type figure that sits her down and yells at her. But, you know, that guy kind of feels like he's trying to look out for her, but he also comes across that he's just trying to place another cog in the machine. Right. Exactly. He's, he's doing two things at the same time, but to me, his motives kind of came across that. I just got to turn the crank and make another one of these officers come out. And I think she could be good at it because she's really smart. She seems like she's got some savvy about her. She could be really good at this job. That's what I need her for. So I need her to make this choice on her own. Not that it's completely disingenuous that he doesn't have legitimate care for her as a person, but I don't see that all, you know, that's not 100% of it. So she really, everything, everybody that's ever been around her, she's lost. So when she's faced with Joel, screaming at her you know mm-hmm. as much as he can to leave him there's no way she's going to choose to do that and we see that by the end of this episode we have a better understanding of why she makes that choice and why she felt so betrayed by joel at the end of episode six when he was trying to kind of pawn her off onto tommy it's it, you know she almost at this point kind of feels like that shelter dog that's been returned three times mm-hmm. because none of the families that have adopted him have been able to keep him for whatever reason, like just get passed around and passed around and not feeling like she belongs anywhere, particularly when they're talking about what do you, what are we going to do when this is all done? And she's got all these dreams and Joel's like, yeah, like you're not part of that. Like, I don't, right. I, I didn't, I'm going to, I'm going to open a ranch. And at no point it was like, you could live with me if you want, when this is all done, like I'll have a guest room for you or like we could do this together. It's not discussed that way. And it's probably still a part of him protecting himself mm-hmm. from feeling like he has to take care of this young person. Yeah. I mean, cause he also, you know, he's, he's starting to, you know, let it be known too, that it's, it, it's kind of getting harder to take care of himself. You know, it's, it's incredibly challenging to take care of himself. And, you know, part of that is, you know, he hasn't come out and said it, but you know, he has those issues where, well, he did, he did mention it about the stress and stuff like that. Um, but as much as you can see, and you know, I made mention to the fact where he says, you know, when she asks him like, do you care about me or not? And he says, of course I do. You know, that caring in his mind is, is also to a, like that could hurt her, him, him caring for her, can hurt her because if she's going to stay with him, eventually something's going to happen where he has to protect her and he can't. But at the same time, there's parts of him that he doesn't want her to have to help with that sort of protection and to be able for both of them to do what, you know, what they might have to do should they stay together, so to speak. I also think one of the things that's played really well here. Ellie is also dealing with some survivor's guilt. Oh, yes. Why me? And they adapt it very well from from the game. They sit down. Okay, what do we do now? Um, Do we just go crazy together? And that's kind of what they decide to do. They they discuss the possibility of unaliving themselves uh, intentionally. And they decide not to do that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this story, of course. Right. But ultimately, they decide, let's just lose our minds together, which 
kind of almost, I mean, there's a, it's something romantic about that. I right. suppose. Yeah. But the fact that Ellie has to watch her friend turn and nothing happens to her and we don't know it, but you wonder when Riley started to go into that first stage of infection and she didn't, did she have to do anything to defend herself from Riley? Right. What, what would that impact? How would that impact her? That would be, that would be, we don't necessarily need to see it. Just thinking about it's good enough for me. Yeah, no, again, sometimes, you know, less is more. And I think that's an example of just the thought of it isn't, is enough. Um, yeah. To just make you go, God, this kid, like you said, you're like, this is a tough kid, tougher than she should have to be. Absolutely. I mean, so. in, in the show, she's 14. Yep. That's ninth grade. Like, think about it. Like, that's a ninth grader. There's. Yeah. You shouldn't have to be in a situation like this, having to be so adult and be in these, these situations and have to make these decisions. At 14, I was asking my mom if I could go run a video game from Blockbuster. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was drinking two liters of surge playing NFL blitz. Right. Like I, I sure as hell wasn't thinking about anything like this. (laughs) Um, So it's just, it's a lot to take in and, and these, these actors, these actresses, um, you know, are, are just doing an incredible job portraying this on the screen. Um, but any, any final thoughts about, you know, this episode, uh, shout out to storm Reed who plays Riley. She's yeah, fantastic. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, a young actress that, had some some complex emotional scenes and i think she crushed it so shout out to her yeah absolutely i mean again this has just been great casting great performances um you know one we didn't mention it one small snafu um in this series so far and it has nothing to do with i think writing acting um they had the uh, crew in the in the shot <laughs> error. Um, yeah, the uh, they had their Starbucks cup moment. Yep, exactly. Which I I did not notice that until some you know some eagle eyed fan or however they catch that because again I was just too I was too busy focusing on what was happening on screen, thinking about the last thing that I saw. Um, but funny moment nonetheless. Uh, obviously doesn't take anything away from it, <laughs> but, uh, you ready to grab some popcorn for episode seven? Let's get some buckets. All right. I'm going to let you go first. And is this the first one to not get the coveted five buckets? You know, I thought about it for a little bit because at times the story is always compelling. It feels like it does slow down a little at times, but. It's for a reason. Mm. It's it's always it's still telling the story. It's it's picking its moments to be quiet so that when it has to be loud, that's more effective. I thought about is this still five for me? And it is. So five buckets. 
Yeah, this is this is another five buckets. For me, I thought it it's just again, if you can bring me into the episode, into the feeling, into the emotions, the way that this show, this episode has, it, it's a five because I just sit there and I am glued to this when it's on. Um, And it's a rare thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that in this day and age you can like, but with the way the world works, your attention can be somewhere else. And that just, it doesn't happen. Um, This is another five buckets. Think about just something as simple as Instagram reels or TikTok. Like you can look for entertainment. And if in the first half second, two and a half seconds, you're not immediately entertained, you swipe up and hopefully the next thing entertains you. And you can just keep doing that until you get entertained. Just think about what that does to our attention spans. Not like the phones themselves haven't already destroyed our attention spans Mm -hmm. and completely made it impossible for most people to do one thing at a time. But this is one of those things that when it's on, like, I'm not doing anything else. Like, if I get a text message, I don't even look at it. Right. This is on. Yeah, no. Um, So we are seven episodes in. We are at 35, well, 70 buckets between the two of us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know. Good Lord. We might have to hop on a treadmill because we are just stuffing our face. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I will, I'll say this we've got two episodes to go. We already got a preview of what next week looks like. And for those of us who have played the game, we've got a pretty good idea of what that eighth episode is going to be. I'm hoping that episode nine does not feel rushed because it feels like they are going to tell the complete story of the first game in season one. It's hard to think that they're not going to, that, that any of the first game bleeds into season two. I'm a little nervous that episode nine is going to feel rushed because there's a lot that they have to do with that. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who doesn't want anything spoiled yet, but that's, uh, I'm, I'm saying that I'm concerned, but I'm also saying that I'm probably not concerned because this show has been made by, well, I mean, Neil Druckmann, who's the director and co-writer of the game is the co-writer of the show. So, you know, so far I've got no real reason to be, but I just, I just think about everything they have to accomplish in two episodes and I just don't know how they do it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We are coming very close to the end of this, which almost feels like a shame. Um, but as we end this episode and as we start to end the last of us, like we said, We've got another dose of Pedro Pascal coming through the pipeline with the Mandalorian, which we'll be obviously talking about. I cannot wait for that. Rob, we got to find a way for you to get Lily back in the studio because (laughs) as we talked about, uh, you know, and listeners, if you are one of the people that have downloaded and listened to the episode Lyle, Lyle crocodile. I would love, I'm sure Rob and you know, he can relay the information. What is it that is resonating so much with our listeners about that episode? And it's awesome. Um, 
it, it just the way that that episode has been downloaded and the numbers that we are seeing for it. Um, I would love to know it, it, it. Let us know, interact with the show. Tell us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, email us. Rob can tell you how to, to how to do that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, you guys got to figure out what you're doing next and, and when you're doing it. Yeah, uh, definitely have some ideas that Lily and I have talked about. Um, she's like super excited that uh, people seem to be enjoying the two episodes she's been on. So, yeah, if you want to hear um, uh, the only approved official spinoff of the Matt Goes to the Movies program, there's a show that we do in the extended podcast universe called Rob's Reviews. Usually it's my younger brother, Eric, that we're talking about movies from way back in the day that have just meant a lot to us over time. But uh, my, my oldest daughter, Lily and I have done two episodes, uh, one on Lyle, Lyle crocodile currently streaming on Netflix and definitely worth your time. If you have not checked it out. Uh, And we also did one on minions, the rise of Gru, And uh, that was a lot of fun to do to get her on the air. And uh, if you want to hear what a a seventh graders thoughts are on that, like, by the way, a highly intelligent seventh grader, uh, very articulate seventh grader. uh, It's a lot of fun. So we've got a couple things that we've talked about. We're definitely going to get her back on the air very soon. Uh, The audience really seems to enjoy those episodes. So uh, we aim to please. So we're going to get Lily back on the air very soon. Don't you worry. Within the next uh, probably two or three weeks, I I think we should be able to get something going. In the meantime, if there's anything else you, the listener, would like to hear, we would love to hear from you. You can email the show mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. The, just simply the initials of the show, Matt goes to the movies, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check the show out, as Matt said, on Facebook. You can check out the official Facebook group. You can also check the show out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. There's a couple of video reviews up on YouTube. Just in case you're curious what we actually look like, you can check us out there. Uh, no word on uh, whether or not there's a Pinterest page yet, but uh, we'll probably get back to that at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, and definitely stay tuned, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, because uh, we're just going to keep cranking out great content uh, about shows that we cannot be more excited about Mandalorian season three. I just, I can't even believe that it's almost here. I was, I've been so pumped about the last of us that I'd kind of forgot that this was like right on top of us. And I sort of like, I sort of feel bad in some way because I think people who went right from season two to season three and kind of skipped over book of Boba Fett are going to really feel like they're, they're lost because there was like two whole episodes of book Mm -hmm. of Boba Fett that had nothing to do with Boba Fett. And, uh, and for whatever reason, I don't feel like that show really had a lot of like buzz, like Mandalorian crushes everything. But for whatever reason, Book of Boba Fett just didn't seem to generate a lot of juice. The the two episodes. Yeah, the two episodes where the Book of Boba Fett presents the Mandalorian. At least that's what they should have been called. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so uh, listeners, if you're excited for Mando season three, but you've not checked out Book of Boba Fett, this is uh, our advice to you to go check that out now on Disney Plus. That way you are not kind of caught off guard uh, (laughs) when stuff happens in season three. Yeah, so absolutely looking forward to that. Um, it's so it's it's here for God's sakes. But listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Last of Us. Again, don't forget we have another giveaway. So check out the show notes when you're listening to this episode so that you can be entered to win one of those copies of the movie Devotion. 
And we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.